listening to The Tech Box. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 9 of The Tech Box. We're recording this on Thursday evening and with me I have Mr James Honeyball. Good evening James. Good evening. How are you doing? A um, bit jet lagged is the truth. Um, having had a couple of weeks in in Eastern Europe, I uh, <laughs> I'm still waking up at five o'clock in the morning. And where's the warm weather gone? Dearie me, it was cold overnight when I got home at four in the morning. I couldn't believe it. It was quite uh, quite a shock to the system. Yeah, it has been a little bit wintry, hasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. went out for a run the other day, and I kind of almost turned straight back on myself and uh, went inside. It is getting a little bit nippy. Well, I'll be truthful. I, I try and go for a walk at six in the morning, but. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still too too much in holiday mode to be that mean to myself. I think it's uh, you have to wait till next week, and I'll get all the, uh, the thermal gloves and hats and scarves out. It's uh, it's a bit bracing now. It's, it's two degrees at five o'clock this morning. But but the one good thing about having been jet lagged and keeping waking up at five o'clock in the morning is every day I've had the chance to look to see if there are any iPhone tens in stock. Yes, and no doubt you've managed to snap one up. Actually, no. <laughs> uh, actually, it's interesting. I think um, I think I might have actually managed not to get the bug because um, there was uh, for twenty minutes uh, the other morning at six o'clock uh, availability of a uh, SpaceGrow sixty-four gigabyte in in an Apple store five miles from my front door, and I looked at it about ten times, and my finger hovered over the button, and I didn't click buy, mm. um, and. That's interesting. I think it might be quite interesting. Just you've gone completely the other way, haven't you? You've you've got the the ten, and and I guess like most of the ten users that I've uh, seen and talked to, um, you're probably very happy with it as well. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It is incredible. It's um, I know it is ridiculously expensive, but as pretty much everyone who's reviewed it has said, is you can see where every penny of the thousand pound has gone to put this together mm. i mean it just there's the feel in the hand and the screen and the interface it is just it really it's it's um so few phones over the last few years have been exciting in terms of yeah. what they're Agreed. bringing to the party what's new uh generating a bit of a buzz about them and i, I think this iphone 10 is the first time uh in a long time that I've thought, wow, this is like an exciting bit of hardware. Well, I, I'm going to quiz you on some of these things and see if I can make you, um, okay. or get me to, get me to realize change your mind. The... No, no, no. No, I mean, I mean, the reason why I, I haven't got one is quite simple. It's that when they uh, did the product launch, um, yeah. I, I could see what the date for online ordering was. I could see what the date for delivery was. And I realized that yet again, I've managed to be out of the UK for the launch of an iPhone. I think it's happened to me four times out of the last five years. And I thought going away at the end of October and early November when I booked the holiday in, in May was, was quite safe. Um, so I, I did actually log into the Apple store or try to on launch day. Uh, the only problem was that the, the, I was in, um, I was in Athens on launch day. Uh, and uh, the Apple store in the UK opened for me at about 20 past eight, by which time we'd already gone to five to six weeks delivery. So I thought, well, okay, I'm not that fussed about it. But, yeah. but I mean, what I'd done in the meantime was um, acquired a, an eight plus. Um, and, and I did that really for a number of reasons. One was probably gadget lust in September. Although I, I also have to say that the, the battery in my seven plus wasn't so good as it had been. But also I think there are a lot of, um, the eight plus feels very polished in relation to the the seven plus, and and I figure well, um, I'm not necessarily convinced by Face ID. I want to see that in action, and also there are quite a lot of innovations in the ten that, if I'm honest, they probably work just fine. But I thought the safe option was to to stay stay with the eight and wait till the second generation. Um, uh, Face ID product came out. I, I had all sorts of problems with variations on on Face ID in the past. Um, the Lumia 950 tells me it can't see my eyes, even when I can see them clearly on the screen looking back at me. Yeah. Um, the Galaxy S8 and the Galaxy Note uh, unlock with Iris ID about whenever they feel like it. And the problem there is probably not the technology's fault. It's because I, I wear very focal, so. Um, you know, when it has scanned my irises, I, I guess you've got to get exactly the same position on your glasses to um, to, to have it recognise the scan for the simple reason that it, it you know, it's, it's being twisted and bent a bit through the various different layers of glass. So I sort of thought, well, I don't really have the opportunity to get this. I'm pretty sure I'll be happy with the 8 Plus. 
um, and the dates didn't work for me. And, and, and to be truthful, I am very happy with the 8 Plus. Um, at the moment, I'm having a little bit of a sort of um, a love affair with Android, um, which maybe we come on to a little bit later. Mm. Um, but whatever happens, I always have an iPhone, and I've had uh, every iPhone bar the 3GS, I think it was, simply because... Um, not it just works. I think it works better than most things most of the time, but that's not such a good advertising slogan. But I mean, right at the moment, for example, I get quite a lot of use out of the Apple Watch. Well, yeah. the Apple Watch doesn't talk to anything other than an Apple phone. I've got a, yeah. um, I've got an SE here as well. Um, I could just say, well, I'll just have that and, and link that with the watch. But um, actually, no, I, I, I like it. I've got several Android phones here at the moment, and I like them all, and they've all got strengths. And actually, I hardly yes. use the camera on the 8 Plus on holiday because... Oh, another thing maybe we'll talk about later, which was the camera on the, the U11. Um, but but in terms of if I my go-to phone is the 8 Plus, I'm happy with it. Um, yeah. I I'm still a bit sceptical about some of the things on the on the 10. Um, uh, I mean, it sounds to me like the the new process for Apple Pay is quite complicated. But you could probably tell me about that in a minute. But but those are the reasons. And and I mean, in terms of cost, well, the cost about the same. Um, you know, if if you look at how much um, Rich Fletcher was having to knock his eight plus down to sell it the other day, do I really want to lose three hundred quid uh, just to upgrade to a ten? I don't see this three hundred plus pounds worth of value in, in actually doing that upgrade now. Yeah. So. The 8 Plus, and I I would kind of include the 7 Plus in this, but I know that there's a load of improvements in the 8 Plus, but if I had the 7 Plus, I wouldn't go for the 8 Plus if that makes any sense, i.e. Mm. if it wasn't for the iPhone 10, I would be, I think I would just stick on the 7 Plus. It does everything without breaking a sweat. And it's, you know, it's not as pretty as the iPhone 10, but I would imagine that the A, as the 7 Plus has, it would just sail through yeah. everything you want it to do without breaking sweat, and it would be absolutely fantastic. I'm absolutely right. It's, it's, a, it's an extremely smooth device. It, it really does does work very well. thing that the iPhone X adds to the party is just that really super premium feel, and that you think that you've got a, basically a technological marvel when you're feeling it and using it. So it's kind of like it does all of the utility of the 7 Plus, or it seems to. You know, I've only had it a week, so I can only go by what I've, how I've experienced it so far. But it seems to have all of the utility plus that luxury feel and that luxury look and that kind of um, delight. Some additional delight it's delivering to me. Yeah. So yeah. if I start with the Face ID then, because that's the that seems to be your main concern. Yeah, largely, yeah. And I think if Face ID didn't work well for me, that could be an area of frustration. So I think it would be interesting to know whether it's going to work for you or not. I guess you can either do that with the two-week return period or you could go and play with it for an extended period of time uh, in a shop. But there's only one use case where... Actually, there's two. There's two use cases where Face ID doesn't work particularly well for me. The first is in the car. Because where the phone sits, it's not pointing at my face. Um, you could argue that I shouldn't do anything with my phone in the car, which is fair enough. Just plug it in, play a podcast, play some music and get on with my day. The second uh, place where it seems to struggle, uh, and I've heard this mentioned previously as well, is first thing in the morning when I wake up. If you're just doing a thumbprint, it's all nice and easy. Put your thumb on the thumbprint, it opens. When you're trying to lie, you know, trying to get your face into an acceptable form for Face ID <laughs> at one minute past seven, it does seem to cause a few teething problems. I think that's a combination of the face being slept in and, you know, squidged and, you know, contorted. And also maybe because... Uh, your sort of motor skills to actually move the phone into the right position and get it all lined up is probably not perfect at that point. And it takes a couple of extra cycles to open it. The first thing I do when I wake up is I unlock my phone, put the radio on through the phone, and then I'll start the process of actually getting out of bed and doing everything else. That's really quite odd, isn't it? That it, it, it basically, it's almost as if the phone has gone to sleep as well. I don't want to bother identifying. Yeah. Oh, oh come on, give me, give me a few seconds. So, so, so that that I can see is not much of an issue. The one in the car, as you rightly say, shouldn't be much of an issue. But then, which of us has not had a sat nav that's suddenly gone to sleep or something? Yeah. You have to sort of 
press the home button and it all comes back to life again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't really sort of uh, advocate that people ought to do that, I don't suppose. And so, yeah, that, that, that's a that's a limited problem, isn't it? How about accuracy? How, how often does it get it wrong? So I think I'm potentially at an advantage with Face ID in that maybe my hands are a little bit clammy hmm. because certainly the Pixel 2, the accuracy that I get on um, finger recognition is not great. It's maybe 90%, and I probably get a lot higher on uh, the Apple devices. Um, I must admit, I don't really see a huge difference in accuracy from um, Generation 1 to Generation 2 Touch ID. But uh, with most of my unlocks, it's it's good enough for it never to really bother me. Occasionally, I'll have to try again on on an unlock, but it never really bothers me. And on Face ID, it's up there. It's probably about the same as um, I find uh, Touch ID. As long as I'm intentionally going to use it, then um, the accuracy of of the recognition is about the same. I'm still learning a couple of small characteristics of the Face ID. So Face ID works best if you just take your phone out, swipe up, go to use it, forget about Face ID. Because by the time you've swiped up, it's recognised you and you you get on with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, If you stop, look at it, wait for it to say unlocked, then swipe up, or, uh, which I've done a couple of times, you wait a couple of seconds for it automatically to uh, unlock and get rid of the lock screen rather than swiping up, then it adds a couple of tens of milliseconds, hundreds of milliseconds, because you have to realise, oh... And now I need to swipe up. So but no, no, that feels like forever. Uh, occasionally it can do. But to be honest, if you do just confidently take it out your pocket, swipe up, it will be there, it will be unlocked, and you can use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, the one thing that perhaps you might not realize is I've yet to see an iPhone X. Um, so, you know, I've yet to see somebody unlocking it and I've yet to sort of appreciate the size and shape and whatever. Um, mm. and, and I'm kind of nervous about going into, going into, into, into town and, and actually having a look at one, mostly because I fear that I might want one. Um, yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's one of those things Apple are very good, aren't they, at getting people to, um, passionately want something that they probably don't really need uh, and certainly if you're the owner of an 8 plus i can't see you really need it you might think it's nice and you might want it but but all right so so what you're saying is that, that misgivings about face id really are misplaced and it works okay have you have you ever felt um sort of self-conscious doing face unlock i mean you you literally just pick the phone up and look at it at a sensible angle you're not holding it up in the air or something silly like that so yeah it's interesting i i so moving on to Apple Pay, so I used yeah, Apple Pay. Yeah, that was my next question, yeah. Yeah, on the 10, I used that for the first time today, and I used it in Tesco's. You look at it, you double, I think you double click and look at it, and then you put it onto the um, uh, the Quick Pay reader. Yeah. And it felt absolutely fine. It didn't feel any different to um, just holding your finger on the button and putting it on. I have to say that I'm not a massive Apple Pay user, to be honest. I find no. that most of the time, if I'm getting my wallet out to put the receipt away that they're about to give me, I just whacking my um, credit card or debit card onto the reader is no big hassle, to be honest. So I don't I'm, use I'm Apple Pay a lot, way. but I don't see it as being a big barrier, to be honest. Um, it seems that it's going to work. If you, if you are an Apple Pay user, it seems like it's going to work absolutely fine and it's not going to be um, too self-conscious because you're basically kind of glancing at the phone as if you were setting up Apple Pay to make sure it had the right card selected, etc. Then you're placing it on the reader because it's, it's Face ID'd you. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. So who knew Apple are quite good at design then? Yeah, I think they, after several years of them, bringing out the same design and perhaps rightfully getting criticised for it. Although I never really had a problem uh, with the sizes that they had and the form factors. The bezels, up until the iPhone 10, I would say that the bezels didn't bother me. Hmm. Um, and actually, when I use the 7 Plus, I go back to the 7 Plus and I have a little play about, you can still tell the screen is considerably wider. And I'm not sure whether the the area, certainly the usable area is probably a fair bit bigger on the plus size device. But just to have that dream of, I suppose what it is, is whenever you've had that iPhone 6 or even the SE in your hand and you think, well, 
I don't mind the bezels, but if they did take those bezels away and replace them with screen, actually you could get a fairly bigger screen here. I've always thought that you could get a considerably, although more, perhaps modestly, bigger screen on the SE if you just had slightly less yeah. bezels and maybe you just made it a little bit taller. You made the um, Touch ID uh, button, maybe that's got to the home button, maybe that's got to squidge a little bit, maybe that's got to go to a little oval shape, um, which isn't is doesn't look great perhaps in terms of keeping the um design lineage uh with the old iPhones but I always used to think well maybe you could do a little bit more there and one of the interesting things that I compare it to is do you remember the Palm tungsten organizers yeah, yeah I, I had a whole series of those and they were quite amazing what you could do with them if, mm. at the time and I suspect even now they wouldn't be too bad but yes I do no. remember those do you remember when the tungsten T3 was rumored and this was uh for those that don't know, with the tungsten organisers, you had like a square screen. Yeah. Uh, you had a cursor and some buttons at the bottom of the screen. And then if you wanted to do text input, you pulled down the buttons and you wrote on a an area which basically just took input and converted it into, converted your handwriting into uh, the text on the screen. And... A little while into the life uh, of this product line, uh, after you had the T2, which was just an iterative improvement on the T1, uh, there was these rumours that you would pull down the button uh, part of the, the tungsten T and it would be all screen. So where you actually wrote in and wrote your letters to um, uh, input your keyboard, it would just be all screen so it would work as input and then maybe you twisted it uh to landscape and it would you'd be able to watch a film in widescreen or you'd minimize the um keyboard and you'd be able to see a whole sort of 169 style screen there and i always remember used to thinking i was look at these rumors and i'd say they're never going to make that that's far too ostentatious it's far too um you know, there's so little benefit for making that screen versus how showy it is. And I was blown away when they did actually release that. Yeah. And I did get one and I loved it. Yeah, it was a great um, device. I, I, I liked it a lot. And the iPhone 10 reminds me of that. It's like we don't have to make the entire front of the screen screen, but what about if we do? You know, what yeah. could we? What what sort of new stuff can we do with that? So that's kind of half the excitement, I think. I, I mean, I, I got to say, one of the things that, that has put me off the the ten, apart from the fact I've bought an eight plus, is uh, is 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 in fact that it's face ID and nothing else. And, and I, I mean, I know there was a suggestion at one time that the button on the side would be touch ID and then it would have face ID. I, I think that's probably unnecessary. And from what you say, it works well. But but I have a suspicion about the SE. And I mean, the, I, I love the design of the SE. Um, I think for me, the the five SSE design is one of the be the best iPhones in all. I like the sort of the fact that it's slightly an more angular than the yeah. um, the subsequent six range. Um, but my suspicion is that the SE will actually be the next phone that Apple produces with Face ID. I, I suspect they'll produce something that gets an entire screen into the same body size as the existing SE. Um, and that's kind of what I expect to come out in the spring. Because it, they, they've got good, perfectly good reasons to want to keep the SE range, haven't they? They want people yeah. to have access to Apple Pay and so on and so forth. Um, you could well see that they could bring out a, you know, an, an iPhone 10 mini or whatever they want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it... it, um, it they know. couldn't call it the SEX then. <laughs> No, I did wonder if I could find a way of working that one in, but you you, no, oh, you did the job well, James. There you go. Um, but no, they'd have to call it the iPhone XSE or something, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Just, but I'm sure that's what exactly what would happen is that it would get known by that. But I, I mean, that's the the next thing in the product range that's looking for a refresh on the phone side, isn't it? And and I think, yeah, this this phone has clearly sold like hotcakes. I don't know what Apple's share price has done in the last few days, but it it. it it became obvious very quickly it was a big success, and the shares absolutely rocketed for a few days. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's the way it's going to go. They're quite this is, what the other manufacturers will do, I don't know, but they'll, they'll catch up with that, I've no doubt. This is interesting because every year when a new iPhone comes out, the next day in the office, there's two or three people with the new iPhone. Mm. And the iPhone 8 was the first iphone that i can remember where i came into work the next day and nobody had 
the new iPhone. Certainly, Isn't that their, interesting. Yeah, yeah, as their personal phone, and I've been in and around the office this week, and several people have got iPhone tens, and the people are obviously gravitating towards it, and they're obviously going for it. I mean, I, mean, I think one of the things that um, I would say one of the best innovations this year is is this new format. Because certainly, if you look at things like the um, the S8 Plus, the G6, the the Note 8, the the narrower but taller format does does give you an awful lot of screen to play with. Um, yeah. And, and and actually, the one thing that I don't like about the um, 8 Plus now is that it has, if you like, the old format of screen. Um, uh, whereas the Samsung and whatever. Yeah, if you're if you're reading something, you get an awful lot on the screen, and you can still get your hand around the phone. Now, now I, I should say at, at that point that my Xiaomi Mi Max Two is currently updating, so you know it's not all about the, the width of the phone because this thing's huge. Um, but it, it it is, I think, quite a good innovation this year. I think, and, and and if you can find a sensible way of of getting the home button off the front, which certainly Apple seems to have done. Personally, I, I don't have a problem with the, with the fingerprint sensor on the, on the, on the Galaxies this year, but um, I know some people do. Um, I, I think this is a positive thing, you know, and, and you can now see this is happening with the likes of HTC, with the U11+, Plus, um, and uh, it, it obviously is the way it's going to go. It's the next big thing, isn't it, the, the, wider, yeah. the wider ratio screen? Imagine how compelling the Pixel 2 would have been if they'd have just put an 18 by 9 screen in that body. Uh, yeah. Because that body is essentially the identical size as the iPhone 10, and it has a much smaller screen. Imagine... Well, yeah, it does have, obviously, have a much smaller screen because of the bezels and whatever, but yes, it, mm. would, it would have been a very... Um... <sighs> I don't know. I, I haven't ordered a, ordered a Pixel 2 this year either. Um, I think I'd probably keep my eyes open for... Um... You know, one turning up on on the PSC forum, um, and and indeed I've I've got first dibs on one, but I have the distinct feeling that the owner is rather too fond of it to me, for me to have much chance to exercise first dibs for quite a while. Mm. Um, but but I don't know what they've done with these issue. I mean, my first thought was, yeah, I really fancy a, a, a Pixel Two XL, and and I and I do think that the comments about the screen are probably a bit overblown I mean yeah the slight blue tint well okay there's a slight blue tint when you look at it at a peculiar angle um, the, the the so-called burning well I think they'll fix that in software quite easily um, it does seem to be a little bit of a dull screen but then again they say they're fixing that in software by having a, a, a proper vivid mode as opposed to the vivid mode that they had on it to start with um, I don't know I I I, I mean, we'll maybe come off this in a bit. I, I would be quite tempted to buy a Pixel 2, were it not for one phone that I've got on the desk in front of me in particular, which, for my needs, probably caters for most of the, the things that the Pixel 2 would, would do instead. And this is the... This is this is the HTC U11, which, ah. which I, I took away on holiday with me, and um, I, I did something I don't very often do. I, I downloaded a, an APK of the Google camera, uh, which you can get on XDA developers, uh, and sideloaded it. I'm, I'm not a great fan of sideloading anything, but um, I think on XDA you're soon going to get called out if you introduce a dodgy APK into the receiver. Yeah, and, you'd and, hope so, yeah. And, and and so what I've been able to do is to go around with the U11 with its own camera, which has got some pretty good um, manual controls, but also with the... Um, the Google camera on it, which effectively, as you'll you'll know, because I know you've got a Pixel Two, it, it's a snap camera, and and the thing about the U11, of course, is that the camera um, has OIS. So I, I I suspect that actually the performance difference between this this U11 um, uh, with Google camera on it and the Pixel Two is probably very minimal actually. But but what I would say is. Uh, you know, and I'm saying this myself, so they uh, take it with a pinch of salt. But I've got some pictures that I'm extremely pleased with with this, this yeah. phone while I've been away. Um, and you know, the, the the Google camera is undoubtedly, I'm sure, going to get better and better with the amount of, of computational information that it that it gets in. Yeah. So, are you um, able to use that camera uh, naturally as the sort of primary camera? And is that is that something that you have to put any effort into, or is it just you want to take a picture and you just go straight for that camera. Icon on the home screen. Press press icon. Uh, uh, open the uh, the camera opens up. Press. And you've had and you've had no crashes or hangs or anything no, in that in none, that camera. None app. whatsoever. Not one. 
Now, mm-hmm. now I have to say I, I have had had that on um, time before on the G6. I had the old crash. Yeah. Um, but I think the people who are developing it are, uh, you know, keen to to iron out any problems. But but no, I've had, had no problem whatsoever. I mean, I've probably taken. Oh, I don't know. Let's toss them up. Maybe two thousand photographs with it in the last fortnight. It hasn't. It hasn't crashed at all. So, okay, brilliant. You know, it, it, and 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 the thing about it is, of course, that the uh, U11 has a good camera before you start. So by the yes. time you by the time you stick this app on it, it it's even better. Now the, there is an interesting question, though, isn't there? How much of the Google Camera app is front end, and how much is back end? Because yeah. you know, you know the experience you get on a Pixel, where you you take the photograph and then you can see it basically enhancing the picture in front of you. Yeah. Um, well, this does exactly the same. It appears to one intents and purposes to behave exactly like it yes. does. It's and, a bit weird, isn't it? Because yeah. you would ex- you would have expected that there would have been some hardware chops involved, but it seems like, on the surface, that uh, the camera app is, is essentially doing the same thing with these other sensors that it's doing on the Pixel. Yeah. Yeah, it it does it does look like that. Now, of course, that might be an illusion, and it might be mm. that's what I want to think. But but certainly, uh, you know, watching watching it stitch together panoramas or or do HDR plus on something, it 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 does it. So far as I recollect, it exactly like the pixel I had last year. You can you actually yeah. see the changes happening. So so I yeah. think. I mean, and, and of course as well, if you think about the the origins of the the pixel two uh, coming out of the the same labs as the exactly yeah. eleven, you would have to guess that it is in fact extremely similar to the the pixel. So certainly, um, I was a bit skeptical when I put this app on on the U uh, eleven. Because I thought, well, I don't know. But, but I took it away, and I actually took four phones away with me on holiday, sad though that is, but they were all ones with good cameras. Um, after about three or four days, uh, I was using the U11 the whole time because the pictures I was getting off it were just so satisfying. That's interesting, yeah. What were the other three? Sorry, mouth of water. The other three were uh, the iPhone 8 Plus, which, um, yeah, great camera. Yeah. Um, Galaxy Note 8, and that was the one I thought I'd spend most of my time using, and that, that was that was definitely the number two. Um, and um, LG G6, which I okay. thought I'd be taking lots of wide-angle shots with, and, and I could have done, but of course, the Google camera is great at stitching together panoramas as well. Yes, yeah. So, uh, effectively, I ended up thinking well, I'm not going to carry around four all day, and, and I'd, always, I'd sort of thought all along I'd, I'd probably be carrying two phones at any one time. So, it ended up being almost entirely U11 and Note 8. Great. I mean, I remember I took a SE on holiday um, a couple of times, and you just automatically start using that panorama mode don't you yeah, and it, yeah. you get some great shots there and it the oh, i don't think i use it a lot on uh android but on ios it stitches that uh panorama together so perfectly that it just does look like a wide angle shot, shot. yeah great. yeah i mean i i think um i think it was probably the iphone 4 that panorama function came in it's it, if it wasn't then that's just when I, I became aware of it and i, I went on a holiday to germany and i spent Quite a lot of time taking effectively wide-angle shots in Dresden. Yeah, um, yeah, and and yeah, it does a fabulous job. But but the Google camera, if I say it myself, does an even better one. I mean, yeah, the the fact that it can imitate a fisheye fisheye lens is is, is astonishing. I mean, I, I, only yeah. took, I only took three or four of these, but in in some of the cathedrals and one of the mosques in um, in uh, Nicosia, um, I, I actually went to the the trouble of the, of the fisheye thing, and what it does is it basically makes you take something like 24 exposures uh, on a grid, uh, and then it stitches all of those together to make a single fisheye photograph. And if you yeah. if you go into that on on a, 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 a desktop computer, the amount of detail that that, that um, photo has got in it is incredible. But I suppose yeah. I suppose it would be, given how many photographs it actually is. But it, yeah. it, 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 they've done a fabulous job of the software. I mean, you, you've really got to say... You know, everybody else is sort of going down the lines of can we put a zoom lens on it? Can we change the aperture and whatever? And they've effectively gone down the lines of saying we'll have a pretty good camera and yeah. we'll give it some really fancy software yeah. and some really amazing tricks. And and I think they've succeeded. I mean, yeah. the, the, I'd, I'd in many ways be more likely to buy a Pixel 2 XL than I would to buy an iPhone 10 at the moment solely because I quite would like the camera. Not, not yeah. you know, no, I mean, no, I don't want to. Sound like I'm sort of you know, making a big downer on the on the the ten because I'm not. So if if I hadn't bought an eight plus, I probably would have a ten by now. 
Um, but the the camera on the two XL does interest me. I'm, I'm you know I'm keeping my eye on the pictures that that, that are coming out on that and, and trying to gauge if I think I could actually do the same on the U11. But but my feeling right now is probably that I can at the moment. Um, but of course they've got this hidden chip in there, haven't they? That they're going to enable sometime in the next month or two, which is presumably some sort of ISP. Yes. Uh, and at that point, well, it probably will start to really pull ahead. Uh, and, I, you know. There's a question mark as to whether this DSP is purely going to offload that HDR plus processing so that it becomes near instantaneous, which is which is the thing that they've said it's going to do, and whether it's actually going to improve the out and out quality at all, and hopefully it doesn't decrease the out and out quality for the sake of uh, a speed increase. Yeah, that that would be a major mistake, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I said ISP, didn't I? Oh dear, late in the evening, sorry. Oh James. no, I think you'd call it an ISP as well, because it's it's the image signal image processor thing, as yeah, well as the yeah, that's my digital signal processor, isn't yes. it? So yeah, yes. it's all the same yes. thing. Th- thanks for the safe, James, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but no, I, I, I'd be interested to see if that makes much of a difference, but I mean, the, 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 the Google camera on, on the U11 to my eyes at least works phenomenally well um mm. and and i really am very very happy with it it, it, it you know it, it really is delivering for me what i want out of the uh, out of the camera and and the beauty of it as well is if you look at things like the note 8 and the g6 they've both got really good manual cameras um if you're prepared to put the effort into them and and if you're actually lucky and get it right sometimes which i seem to do with monotonous irregularity um in many ways the thing about the google camera is you just point the thing and shoot it it's a sort of digital box brownie isn't it it it, mm. it, it pulls a picture out and most of the time it's fine so yeah i've been really impressed with the google camera and well it's actually stopped me buying a pixel 2 actually was a bit embarrassing and and the other interesting thing is if you look at an xda when this first came out it was only available for phones with um with the snapdragon 835 um but gradually they've been sort of working out how to make it work on on lower spec phones than that and i think in fact you can even get a version that works on the um blackberry key one there which which i've also got lurking on the desk somewhere might be quite interesting to try that because again the key one has got quite a decent camera yeah it has a good sensor on it doesn't it yeah Yeah. so doesn't it have the same sensor as the pixel one i've got a feeling it does yes and 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 so i have every intention to try it on that presently Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's been it's been really interesting using using that camera and they've done a phenomenal job with 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 its ability to pull amazing pictures out, really. This software that they've obviously developed, and um, I think I heard uh, various stories about how they've suddenly been able to leapfrog everyone in the camera stakes. And, of course, um, one of the things that they had uh, was the camera on the Google Glass. Yeah. And, of course, that was garbage, tiny sensor. And, of course, they had to think about what technologies they could what software technologies they could apply to get the most out of that tiny sensor on Google Glass. And so some of those uh, technologies got developed at that time. And then uh, it was something that uh, Miriam said on her uh, Tank Girl podcast, which is Google has the advantage of all of the photographs that get uploaded into Google Photos. Yeah, I heard her say that as well. And if you think about it, that, it, that gives Google instantly almost an unlimited body of data to tweak a camera if they wanted to. So all they have to do is they have to say, okay, we need to work out which pictures are the best, i.e. which ones have, um, you know, are being looked at the most, which ones are being liked and shared the most, which ones are um, demonstrating, you know, the best characteristics. And then they can look up what all the uh, settings were on the camera and, um, you know, work out, you know, ways that you could potentially improve it or take badly taken photos uh, and make them good and basically apply that from a machine learning point of view onto the uh, algorithms that they're applying to the uh, data coming off the sensor. And if they were able to leverage that body of data in some fashion like that, you can start to understand how it is they've leapfrogged every other phone manufacturer and you can see how hard it is to make a phone given how many problems they've had with the pixel 2 but the camera is the one area where they've been able to apply some learnings out of somewhere to basically have the best or certainly a massively competitive camera 
yeah. in such a short period of time. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I, I, I did um, did sort of wonder how they'd actually achieve some of this, but I think the way Miriam described it is actually spot on. And, and that's a great podcast, incidentally, if you don't listen to it, it's one of my favourites every week. Mm. Um, but the, the way Miriam was talking about this, it, it's very interesting. I mean, they've done a classic Google. They've, they've said, right, we have this huge pile of data. What can we get out of it? And, and in, mm. the, in the process... The photos they're getting out of a really tiny camera are, are just amazing. Um, a really phenomenal achievement, I think. Mm. And and certainly, well, I, I can only really say I kept coming back to it because I kept thinking, well, I'm getting better pictures out of that Google camera app than I am out of, of the Note 8, for example. Not, not it must be said if you try to use the Zoom or something. No, of course mm. not. But on almost every other um, regard, it, it just has produced better pictures. So... You know, as a result, you keep going back to it, and 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 I have toyed several times with clicking buy on the on the two XL because I, I'm I'm fairly confident that they will fix most of the problems that have been discussed on the two XL in software very quickly, uh, and Google doesn't actually have a bad reputation about returns, so no. I think if there is a real problem, they will just take it back and give you another one and sort it. To be honest, I think the only question mark for me on that Pixel two XL is. Are they going to improve the kind of yield and consistency of those screens over time such that in three months' time, the screen on it is essentially better than the screens that are being made at the moment? It's certainly possible. And if you think about, I think it was the Nexus 4, wasn't it? The one that kept yeah. sliding around. The, the, the one that, that yeah. Steve told me after he'd featured it on phone's show that it slid off his desk about four times. Yeah. <laughs> it still worked for it, fair enough, though. It must be said it wasn't a problem. But, but I mean, if you think about that, they were quite responsive to changing the the, uh, the actual shell of the phone to put some little rubber feet on it yes. to stop it sliding. Yes. That, they, they will not just say, right, that's our design. It's not going to change at all. They, they won't want to spend more time changing it than they have to. But, but I, I do think they will change it enough and sort out this problem. And and if there's one place that's desperate to sort out this problem, it will be LG because they want to establish themselves as the the second manufacturer of of OLED screens, don't they? Really, at the moment, at the moment, Samsung really has got a, a, a huge march on everybody because it seems to be producing almost all of the the OLED screens. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty confident they will work on that and that they will make improvements to it. It does seem like it's a necessary teething problem for LG to really learn and get up to speed and unfortunately there's a they've probably a couple of generations of flagship where they've got to uh, ring out a few uh, crinkled edges it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned the Nexus 4 because I think that was a screen that had a uh, different um, saturation setting on the LCD yeah, as did, time yeah. went on because I had later Early Nexus 4s I thought were lovely and good value for money and fantastic in the hand, but the screen was slightly dull and, and lifeless, but it didn't really bother me that much. And subsequent Nexus 4s that I had had a more saturated screen. And I remember thinking, oh, this has got everything now because it's got everything, you know, it's got the nice feel in the hand, the nice uh, performance, everything, and it's now got uh, a bit of pop on the screen. So, um I think these things can be tweaked uh, throughout the life of the uh, of the product. Oh, Obviously, right. yeah. you do get the um, the physical ones, like the uh, getting those little nubs, rubber nubs, put on the base of the Nexus Four. Yeah, that's not not. It must be admitted the world's biggest design change, is it? But uh, but I, I don't think it, you're right. They they do tweak it quite a lot. I must admit, I don't absolutely understand the game that they're playing with the Pixel. I mean, you know, I, I've heard quite a lot of of. of commentary on that they obviously don't want to sort of um become the mass market producer of, of android phones they're trying to lead the market but i, I do think the prices that they're charging for the, them this year and last year are um feels a bit like being gouged in the same way that you sometimes feel that way with apple i think it's yeah it's not, it's not good pricing the strategy of trying to dilute the android market from being just samsung by trying to release the Pixel. If you're going to do that, unfortunately, I don't think you can do that at the high end unless you are Samsung. Maybe buying um, the HTC um, personnel that they have will help them progress there. But I think that the only way that you could you could compete with um, 
Samsung in the market is to go slightly lower but then you really are starting to annoy all of your partners by taking ownership of the mid-range. So if it's a very tricky game that Google are playing here, and I think that them doing it on their own is not the best one. I think they should have concentrated on maybe pushing the Nexus program a little bit. Maybe the uh, the Silver program had some promise, perhaps. I think that they should have um, tried to bulk out uh, competition in the Android space through other means. And I think trying to uh, compete with Samsung directly is, I don't think it's working personally. Mm. I, I'm not convinced it is either. And, and, and certainly if I look at the, at the, the Note 8 I've got here and I look at what Samsung have put in that, it, it really is the phone with the kitchen sink in it. Yeah. Uh, and yet price-wise, it's actually cheaper than, than yeah. the Pixel 2 XL. Not, yeah. not by a lot, but, but it is cheaper. And... I think Samsung has the right approach there. You know, if I, if I'm using a um, an Android, chances are it's likely to be Samsung simply because of the extra facilities and opportunities I've got over um, over a Pixel. Yeah, and if you're you know average bloke in the street who walks into a phone shop uh, and looks at the uh, spec list of the phones, and you're comparing um, a Pixel two with a Note eight, you're going to have to be a pretty geeky pure android fan to go with the pixel 2 xl over the note 8 i think yeah i think that's right it's a, i think as far as i think it's a no-brainer unless there's a particular feature of the pixel 2 xl that you you want um, mm. and that might be the camera um I, I i obviously one problem that the note 8 has is it can't use this cracked google camera because it doesn't have a snapdragon processor but i was looking at xda developers the other day and it looks as though there is now I, either one out now that will work on the on the Exynos processor in the the rest of the world um, notate, or else it will be out very soon. Well, if you can marry the two together, that's going to be quite interesting. Although this I, I don't is... suppose it will use the telephoto at all. No, but this makes the question mark of exactly how Google are achieving this even more interesting, doesn't it? Because I was under the impression that it was a combination of multiple shots from the sensor applied through a component in the Snapdragon yes. 821 and the 835 series um, SOCs. And if they're able to do similar things with the Exynos, which presumably doesn't have the same exactly the same uh logic and dsps in the uh exynos uh soc it's it becomes curiouser and curiouser that's how this is being done unless it's purely number of um images coming off the sensor plus pure software yeah logic logically but but then i mean it 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 obviously is taking these photographs very very uh quickly altogether because you don't sort of hear the thing going snap, tap, snap, no, snap, do you? It, no. It, 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 you know, and yet you'd think that the mechanism of a non-pixel phone might well not be made to cope with um, with that sort of treatment. Um, yeah. I, I can't claim any great knowledge of the design of phone cameras, but, it, you know, it, it does sound as though it's it's being used in a particular way and yeah. um, that that way is different, which is why why you're now seeing these results that you, you haven't seen before. Yeah. So you see how it pans out. Maybe my U11 yeah. will suddenly catch fire or something. I, I hope not. I'm rather fond of it actually. So it's a, it's a nice phone. I, I, I thought you know the the, um, uh, the one M9 and the one M10 were, were both quite underrated as as phones, and um, I, I think this one is too. It's a, a really nice device. Yeah, it's it's the if you like old fashioned format, but it's it's a nice phone in the hand. This is the the glorious Solar Red dual SIM version, which. Um, it does look nice. Oh, yeah. It used, used to belong to a certain Mr. Fabiani Lehmond. Um, <laughs> and, and it was quite funny. After I'd, I'd, I'd got it, he suddenly started putting out videos he'd taken of it. <laughs> I was thinking, well, I can learn how to use that very phone. Um, but, uh, but no, it, it's, um, it's a beautiful device. And, and being dual SIM was very useful while I was away as well. So um, can't complain about that one. Anyway, no. but the, you, you caused... At least a couple of the the members of the team to to go spend money today, didn't you? I did, yeah. Do you want, I, do you want to tell us about it? Well, I, I was what have we bought? In, my, <laughs> in the work in our work Slack, someone had announced that the uh, Pixel C had dropped in price on the Google Store to two nine nine. Yeah, which is a very sensible price for it, given it was hideously overpriced to begin with. What was but, it to start with? Is it three nine nine or even more? Oh than that? no, it was, it was it was. 
I can't remember off the top of my head. I have to look it up, but it was eye-wateringly expensive. I remember, yeah, because I considering... thought I'd like that, but I don't want to spend that much on it. Yeah, considering it came off, again, it's the same old Pixel versus Nexus story, isn't it? Mm. Seeing as it came off the back of the Nexus 7, uh, which was super value for money, albeit the, Nexus no- yeah. albeit the Nexus 9 was a little bit more expensive than that. But when the Pixel C came out, it was it cost a fortune and it went eventually went down to 399 uh, which is when i came in and, and bought it and now it's gone down to 299 mm. so they're obviously uh, trying to have a little bit of a clear out here but this is a uh, a really nice device i mean because it was it was overly powerful when it launched uh, 18 months couple of years ago um so it's adequately powerful now it's perfectly powerful now uh, it's got a lovely metal finish to it. The screen is uh, very nice. It pairs wonderfully with the um, hard keyboard that uh, you can get with it. So I think that you're going to really like it. Which which keyboard have you got? The photo the, one or the other one? No, the sort of snap-on keyboard. And, and how well does the snap work? Ah, fantastically. It's um, a magnetic mechanism, um, which means that you have to kind of get your angles right to pry it off uh, from each other. But once you've done that and you snap it back onto each other, you bend it, it all works uh, really well. It does mean that it's very heavy Mm. because it's got all of the metal and the magnets in, but it's, you know, quality heavy, not um, cumbersomely heavy. Well, I look look forward to... um the UK mail turning up at my doorstep. Yeah, uh, they sent me. They sent me some tracking information, which use, usefully doesn't track at the moment. So I don't know when it will uh, it will turn up. But one one other little tip: not only have they bought the price of the uh, device itself down, but the the keyboard has been reduced from one hundred and nineteen pounds to seventy three. So oh, that's, that's interesting. Also, quite a nice nice little saving. That's the that's the the, the magnetic snap on keyboard. The the folio keyboard still shows 119, but I have a feeling it's out of stock. Yeah, that one's out of stock. So, so it's interesting. When I, I think I got some discount on the keyboard when I bought it um, a couple of months ago now, um, and I wanted the folio um, case because I thought that would be the best way forwards. But I'm so glad that I went for the hard um, keyboard case because it works so nicely with it that, and I know that the folio case wouldn't have been as nice so i think that's definitely the one to go for anyway yeah i think the only real issue i can foresee with this is that i probably do have rather too many laptops let alone phones yeah um but i've been actually itching to play with one of these they they, they sent me a discount offer on this about nine months ago and i think from recollection that was something like 399 at that point and i, I nearly bit at that but you're you know you're right there's a there's a lot of devices here for 300 quid isn't there and, and yeah and i think well it, it's something interesting to play with, but uh, but I do think it'd be quite quite a useful um, travel laptop. Effectively, I mean, I, yeah. I, I went away with with, um, uh, with an iPad, and and yeah, yeah it was good. I was, I was very happy with that. But I, I do quite like the look of this keyboard. I thought this this looks worth a go. So we'll see. What's that? Ah, here we are. All features and specifications. Operation operating system Android seven point one point one. That'll do nicely. Uh, which is which will get upgraded to eight when you yeah. turn it on, and you can put it into the beta of eight point one. Is is the eight eight out or for or yeah. is it? Oh well, yeah, 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 even better. Yeah, um, you can go to eight point one if you fancy the beta. I don't know. I'm I'm usually quite happy with trying betas out. Have you tried it? I haven't actually tried the beta on uh, the Pixel C. I've got the beta on my Pixel Two, and it's working very well. Yeah. So I wouldn't have any hesitation on putting it on there. Well, maybe I'll give that a go as well. But no, I, I, I was. It, it wasn't quite a no-brainer when you sent that message this morning. But about, by the time I thought about it for two minutes, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought, hmm, yeah, I really fancy one of those. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It should be good. Um, yeah, see, see how it, how it pans out. I mean, the, the trouble, of course, is there comes a point that you've got enough devices that you probably really shouldn't be buying any more. But there we are. Yeah. Yeah, I think I reached that point a few months ago. Uh, yeah, um, yes, me too. Or, or years ago. I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. M- months, as in measured in dozens of months. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I think I need a, a sort of a jumble sale where I uh, sort of take out the uh, lesser devices. Yeah, I, I, I do sometimes think to myself, you can just come away with, with four phones that probably have a list price of about three and a half grand between them, but there we go. Yeah. It's a, it's, it should... It, 
I think uh, getting it down to two phones is acceptable. I think if you're in two two phones at a time is acceptable. I well, think. of course, when you had replaceable batteries, you didn't have that excuse, did you? I remember last no, not last time it's America, the time before. Um, it was with the Lumia 1020, and the damn thing would last about half a morning. You know, they mm. stick a new uh, new camera case on it or whatever. Yeah, the other grip case that would charge it up for a bit, but uh, it, it was still dead by the middle of the afternoon if you're taking serious numbers of photographs. So, yeah, I think I think I mentioned previously that I took the Lenovo P2 on yeah, holiday did, fairly you? recently, and um, that is incredible in terms of battery life because yeah. you can use it non-stop from dawn till dusk or dawn till night you know and you will not run it out probably, and that probably is, for two or three uh, days actually uh two or three days of light use definitely but the, the, the advantage is just having a phone that you cannot kill in one day is, is it, it's fantastic well the key one is very like that and that, that's where the is it 620 on this one i can't remember it is now but but the the processor on this one just is very frugal with power. It, it, it really is. Uh, you know, battery lasts for ages. Yeah. So that that's yeah that's that's perhaps the next thing for them all to look at, isn't it? Now, one other thing I wanted to talk about, and that was Google Photos, which has done something really quite odd for me in the last forty-eight hours or so. Um, and and it maybe this is something I've done that's that's upset it and set it off. But um, I put all of my photos on Google Photos all probably about two years ago. Um, and you know that the, the Google Photos Assistant goes through your pictures as you take them, and it'll do you a nice arty black and white one, or create panoramas, yeah. or collages, or whatever. Um, well, it you know it did that pretty much from the date I started using Google Photos. But in the last two, three days, it suddenly started going through my really old photos, which were ones that were originally taken on film in the 1980s, uh, and which I had scanned... Uh, professionally about, oh, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. But it started going through these pictures and, and doing its sort of magic, you know, I've now made you a movie or, or a black and white picture or, or whatever. But what is really astonishing is when you go into these old photographs, it started tagging the um, estimated location. You know, and you get a nice little Google map showing where it thinks the photograph was taken. Um, and even more bizarrely, um, it's been putting dates on them. And and I can't actually, I, I mean, I've looked at about 10 or 15 so far. I have yet to find one that, that the location is is wrong. I mean, it may be that it is. But the really weird thing, I can't prove the exact date on a lot of these. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're analogue photographs originally. But it's certainly right to within a month or two. And I'm thinking, how can you look at a photograph of a bridge or a building or something um, that, that has no EXIF data at all because it was scanned in 2009 and get it right to within, certainly within a week or two. You know, I mean, I know when I was on holiday, and I, and I know it would have been in that period. I, I just can't fathom out how it could do it. It's, it. it has truly astonished me. So this is interesting. So I noticed that Google Photos had been putting estimated locations Ooh. on some videos in my albums, because I'm a little bit, particular about making sure that all my pictures have got um location data on mm. my pictures so as i use something like picasa to trim and upload i'll make sure that they have the right location on now google photos doesn't tend to respect uh edited videos locations i think the only way to that i found for a location to make its way from the desktop up into uh, Google Photos itself is if you use an unedited um, iOS video. So a video that's been taken on the camera on iOS and then you upload it directly into Google Photos, then it seems to read the correct uh, EXIF data out of the video. So most of my videos in Google Photos don't have the location on. And I've been noticing that, that Google Photos had been started to put estimated location on these videos. Mm. Now, my logic for this was they were time-stamped to a similar time-stamp to uh, photos which would have had the location on um, and the, maybe the title of the album. And therefore, the Google could do a pretty good guess that in between two photos that were taken in central London, that the video was also taken in central London. So that was my logic as to how this was being done. But if th this is being done for you on... Um, albums that 
don't have any date information on or any location information, then there's maybe a little bit of magic going on. Well, some, some that, well all right, let, let's put it this way. They may have some date information on because they were scanned in 2009 using a, a Fuji professional scanner. But what they don't have is, you know, the, the real date and the real location on them anywhere. And I, I can't, I mean, I just say I can't fathom out how they've done that. That sounds like I stand a chance in my brain of working out how Google have managed to do it. But um, the thing that I can't understand is that a lot of these pictures are ones that were originally taken on film in, um, in primarily in the 1980s. Uh, when I had a short period living and working in Australia, um, but they're, they're not they're not all in Australia. But the thing that's really weird is they were scanned in 2009 on a, a Fuji digital photo uh, photo scanner, and and that's really the only electronic information that can be available on them. And yet, when you open these photos, it'll say approximate location, approximate date, and you think, how are you doing this? You know, it, it, what it, about the title of the albums i mean if the album is called sort of melbourne september 2001 then no they weren't in albums is the answer because basically when i started using um google photos um i don't know i probably got 60 70 000 photographs and they they were just literally all, all uploaded um probably from apple photos um and, and of course it didn't respect at all the um, the album names that I'd got on, on on Apple Photos, so I don't, I, I can't fathom how they've done it. I mean, obviously some of these you can say, well, here's a picture and and it, it appears in Google's database. It's it's so and so, so and so, so and so, um, and and therefore it can identify it from that. I mean, you know, it, it, there has to be a certain element of that. Um, so it might have the Eiffel Tower recognisable yeah, in the background yeah, or something and, and, like that. And it isn't that it, it is, certainly isn't that every photograph um, has you know, you've got an estimated location on it, but but a su- surprising number do, and and that number seems to be getting bigger over time, which which also puzzles me. I, I, I don't know what they're doing here, but it's certainly got some magic stuff in here. Whilst you can't be sure of an exact date or time that it was taken, you can probably verify that the location is bang on or not. And is the yeah. location rough or is it bang on? Pretty much bang on. I mean, I mean, I, can, I mean to give you an example, I can I, I know the exact dates that I was living in Australia in 1986. So it was about four months. Um, and, and I also know to within two or three weeks when I was travelling around Australia... And, and I, I can't fault any of the pictures. It really, it really is really odd. Um, you know, it knows where they are. It knows when I took them. Um, certainly, to within two or three days. I mean, you know, I mean, I've got, I've got one here, uh, and and it's a picture taken uh, not very far from Uluru um, in the um, Kachajuga National Park in 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 the central desert. And and you know, it tells me this picture was taken on the eleventh of November, nineteen eighty six. Well, certainly I was in Australia until the 22nd of November and, and we had three weeks holiday before we came home. So it's going to be about there. But it, wow. also, it also gives me a location in, in the uh, Uluru National Park, which can't be more than a few hundred yards out. And, and if I was to show you the photograph, it's a it's a picture effectively of... Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if you, you, you obviously probably know what, what Ayers Rock Uluru looks like. In, in the sort of the base of that, there are sort of like a number of sort of caverns that are full of water. Uh, and this is a picture of one of the caverns in the side of Uluru. And I'm thinking, how did you possibly know that a picture I took in November 1986? And, and date wise, it's got to be right to within a few days. And yet there is no exit. There's, there's not a smallest chance it was taken on a Minolta 7000, probably using Fuji, Fuji chrome film, you know? So yeah. how have they done that? Uh, it's almost spooky. I, I can't think of any way that they could have done that. What about the numbering of the photos? Are they in, at least numbered in chronological order? Um, they aren't numbered you know, uh, in, in anything with a date on. And, and indeed, uh, when I got them back from the lab that had scanned them all, they came back on several CD-ROMs in a pretty random order, actually. I mean, you okay. know, each each strip of, say, 36 exposures was, was all together, but but it wasn't the case that, uh, you know, they, the, the films weren't in order from when I took them. So, I don't know. And I, I, are, are you or any of your family in the photos? No, no. No, okay. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this one picture that I'm talking about now uh, on our Telegram group. And, and if you can look at that on your phone, I'll send it now. 
Okay. Let's see if it lets you lets you see the the, the information. I don't know whether it will. Yeah. This is a pretty high risk strategy because the answer might be obvious to you, and I might be completely humiliated on the podcast because you'll just go, "But Richard, it's obvious." Okay. Right. So yeah. I was looking for it to be something um, that you could have gleaned from Street View, but this would not be gleaned from Street View, not, would it? Not the smallest chance. Now, can you see that the the I don't think you'd be able to from that, will you? I mean, it tells me, taken on the 11th of November 86, well, that's going to be right within a few days. It tells me the file name, which is r underscore 00097.jpg. Uh, it tells me that the camera was an SP3000. Well, I think that's probably the, the Fuji scanner. And it tells yeah. it tells me that the location is Peterman, Northern Territory, Australia. And there's a little little map. <laughs> the little map is the side of Ayers Rock. How the hell did it know that? I mean, it's you can see the picture. It's definitely got some magic here. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess we can uh, put a link to this in the show notes and make sure that people can see it and try and solve the mystery themselves. Yeah. But I th- the only thing I can think of is the one thing I've noticed that Google Photos does, which is incredible, is it will recognize it will recognize a face through the ages of that face. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think of my niece, um, and my niece is tagged from when she was born through to where she is now, you know, she's seven years old now. Yeah. And if you think about that, that's quite she looks com- utterly different now than when she was, you know, newborn. Yeah. Yeah. I look, so, look at my four year old granddaughter's passport. And there's a picture of this you know, six week old baby. It's uh, you think, well, how is this actually of any value? And yet Google photos can, can pick out pictures of her when she was a newborn until well, she's yeah. four and a half now. It, it can do it. So, so Google must yeah. be able to, when it recognises the person, it must be able to put on a timeline roughly where they are. I'd be surprised if they could do it to like the week, like you. I guess this would suggest. But if it said, if it got it within a couple of years, then you could say, well, Google's recognised your face in um, yeah. adjacent photos or photos where um, similar scenery is. It's worked out that, you are right. It's rough. It was roughly twenty years ago, and therefore it put a date on it to roughly that degree. Have, have but to give what it, I've just sent you on, on Telegram. You see okay, it? So, Sorry, I, I interrupted you there, and, and, and actually, while you wait for this to load, isn't very very good audio, is it? But no, to be able to say what it has said is is just amazing. Can you see it there? Yeah. So it's bang on. Yeah. And 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 I mean, if you look at the little map at the bottom, it's got that absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, that's quite incredible. And it's given it an exact time as well, nine minutes past seven. Which is quite believable. Um, I, I think maybe it's an hour or two out, but it's n- it's not a lot more than an hour or two out. Um, we went on a, a late afternoon tour of it as Rock. I remember that quite well. So, I don't know. How have it they would done su- this? It would suggest a level, or uh, at face value, it would suggest a level of artificial intelligence that is F- Horrifying, scary. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely horrifying. So, there must be a more a slightly more straightforward um explanation because uh it would take a a team of humans a couple of weeks to uh get the location and time data to that degree of accuracy well, the, the, the location i can easily accept the the yeah. the date and time i, I find astonishing i mean I, I i guess the location they can they can get similar photos literally of the similar um surroundings that does have the location on and they can borrow it yeah yeah that that i think is if you if you can match the 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 rock shapes here which is probably what they've done um yeah i can see how you can look at other people's photographs and and get it that way but but the date and time (laughs) i i I can't fathom that if it was surrounded by uh, digitally time-stamped photographs and this this happened to be an analog photograph yeah yeah, well yeah. yeah it's an easy assumption but but this picture was taken in 1986 probably 10 or 12 years before I had my first digital camera, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and literally on the other side of the world as well. So yeah, I, I just don't understand how it's done it. Fascinating. I, I, I can't fathom it. Hopefully between us we'll try and come up with a hypothesis as to how it's doing it. But it is, on the face of it, it is bemusing. Yeah, I mean, I've just got another one here. It's a picture, and again, I would wager this is absolutely right. Uh, th- this is a picture taken, you, know, you can't see it, obviously. It's taken from the top of the Sydney Tower, which is an observation tower. Um, and 
uh, we arrived in Sydney from, from Hong Kong on the 1st of August 1986, and this picture has been identified as having been taken on the 1st of August 1986. Now, how? It's a picture from the top of a tall building. It, it, and what, what's more, it's got the location right mm. to within a few hundred yards. So I think we've probably solved the location mystery in that for every picture uh, picturesque photo that's taken there's probably a thousand yeah, yeah. almost identical ones with the with the location in um but the date especially pre-digital cameras is 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 uh quite baffling yeah completely baffling and this one's probably three or four hundred meters out where it's taken but then it is a picture taken from the top of a, you know an observation tower so it's not entirely surprising i i don't know i i, I think we've probably bashed that one enough but i mean you, you you've, you've seen the you've seen the example it, it, yeah it, it it makes no sense does it yeah it doesn't <laughs> spooky <laughs> so i think that's probably time to, to to wrap the show up and uh we'll be back for episode 10 won't we yeah, have a great evening, and uh, I'll see everyone soon. Okay, well, good evening, good evening, James. Good evening, everybody. Bye.